Hello, and welcome to another episode of What's New Barkeep. I'm Dane. I'm Luke. And today is interesting. Yeah, so before <laughs> we forget, we forgot to mention this on the last episode. Some of these drinks are public domain, and we get them off the drunken moogle. We forgot to mention that. Yes. We're, re- we're you know, rectifying that. We are rectifying that. Thank you, Drunken Moogle. You've made our search a hell of a lot easier. <laughs> so, yes. If you want to find these drinks, they will be there. This first drink. Oh, boy. This first drink is uh, frightening. You know when you're young and your friend just turns 21 and you want to get them so wasted they almost die? Please don't do that. But... Yeah, this is uh, one of those drinks, and this is from Super Mario Kart, The Rainbow Road. Yeah, this is gonna be, this is gonna be rough. Like, you know when we had the, what was it, the red, white, and blue uh, margarita? Oh, yeah. I have a feeling this is gonna be very, very similar. Something like that. Oh, boy. Yeah, if to give you guys an idea of why me and Luke are both, like, really terrified of this drink... Allow me to tell you the ingredients you need to make your own Rainbow Road from Super Mario Kart. You need orange juice, gin, grenadine, rum, vodka, and blue curacao. Dude, just for just for math's sake, one third of those ingredients are not alcoholic. So keep that in mind, folks. Yeah, literally two ingredients out of this are non-alcoholic. The rest of it is all straight alcohol. And it's a layered drink. I decided to be lazy and I gave Dane, and I decided to be nice and give Dane the layered version. (laughs) So I might be doing a spit take where he might be like, eh, it's not that bad. Or I'll just be like, eh. (laughs) Either way, let's just get this thing over with. Yep. Three, Three, two, two, one. That tastes like nothing. Oh, it tastes like something. Like, you're probably getting a good chunk of blue curacao. Blue curacao, orange juice. Yeah, I'm getting, like, a very strong thing of orange juice, but outside of that, it just tastes like... Even the orange juice tastes like nothing. Pretty sure there was even a little bit of grenadine in that. Yeah, like, try mine. Try mine. Yeah, you try that one. We're doing the the table slide again. Let's do the table slide. You know, it tastes very similar. Like, try mine, try mine. That one I actually like. Yeah, that one isn't isn't that bad. So I don't know what the fuck. But then again, I think we're finally getting down to the blue curacao on this, so... Yeah, no, because your blue curacao is sitting on the bottom. Mine's on the top. Yeah. Layered drinks are fun. Yay. <laughs> so... While we both try and finish this... Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I think he just hit the blue curacao. Yeah, everything is mixing together poorly. Yep, we're done. We're done. You're done, at least. Mm-hmm. My my blue curacao is mostly gone, so... That's why I was like... <laughs> <laughs> Alright, what's your topic, Dane? Well, our topic for today, because we just had a drink that came from Super Mario Kart... What better way to celebrate that and gaming nerdum in general than to talk about our some long-running series. Those have been going for over 10 years, and they have at least five, five entries yep. into the series. And we talk about those series 
and our favorite games coming from them. So, sorry, Earthbound fans. You uh, don't quite get this. Nope, you just missed the mark. Yeah, because, what, there's only like th- four, three games in Earthbound? I think three. Three or four. I think there's only three, actually, because there's Mother, Mother 2. There's Mother, Mother 2, and Mother 3, and I think there was a remake that came out recently. Maybe. But anyway, we're getting distracted. So, that we had the mo- let's have the Rainbow Road. What's your favorite Rainbow Road, Dane? My favorite Rainbow Road from the Mario Karts? Or just Mario Karts in general. Yeah, the Mario Karts in general. I would... It's it's difficult for me. I have a very special place in my heart for Super Mario Kart, because that is the very first one I ever played with my grandmother and my brothers. But the one that I've put the most time into would definitely be Mario Kart Wii. I am going to have to say, you know when you start a series and you're like, this is the favorite, this is the best game because it's my first one? I, for a while I was liked and I realized it's good, but it's not the greatest game. It definitely made a lot of headway and made a lot of uh, advancements to the series, but it's not the best game. I, it used to be Mario Kart 64, but now I gotta admit, it's Double Dash. It has to be Double Dash. I have yet to play Double Dash. So. Really? Yeah, no, the GameCube was one of the systems I missed while I was growing up. Did you at least try to Well, we'll get to that series later. <laughs> yeah, no, when it came down to it, when it came down to that generation of consoles in general the only things i had were the playstation 2 and the xbox all right do you got a a long-standing a long-standing series well i'm gonna go for the one that i think you were referring to just Mm -hmm. now metroid i'm gonna be a basic bitch you're gonna say super metroid metroid prime metroid prime because that one re gave new life to the metroid games for one it made it a first-person shooter instead of a side-scroller, and it was the first Metroid game I ever played. And I tried, what was it, uh, the second one, which was, not Shadows, but... Uh, Metroid Prime 2? Yeah. Metroid Prime 2 is uh, Echoes. Yeah, basically you, you face Dark Samus. Yes, yeah. that's the introduction of Dark Samus. I played it, wasn't much of a fan. But yeah, Metroid Prime, I'm going to have to go with. Okay. I yeah. mean, it, like I said, it, it was revolutionary for its time. Obviously, there's some flaws to it, but it's still a good game. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I'm still a little bit new when it comes to the Metroid series. I have played most of the games now, but when it comes to the one that was the introduction to the series, a lot of people will say, oh God, that was your introduction? You poor soul. I think I know what it is. Yeah. It was Other M. Other M was my introduction to the Metroid series. I mean, it could be worse. Nowadays, I think it's just, it's good if you ignore some bits of it. If you ignore the lore. If you ignore the lore of it. But I think my favorite game from it right now comes from the latest one, Metroid Dread. I haven't played it, but I've heard good things. Oh, it's so freaking good. All right. So I got another game for us. This one, I'm surprised we haven't hit earlier. Well, I'm surprised it wasn't the first thing we hit. Just straight up Mario. Yeah, Mario. I was thinking about it. I'm like, do we save that one, though? I mean, Mario Kart, Mario, it was kind of in the namesake. We couldn't really avoid it. That's true. So, yeah, I'm going to say it off right off the bat. It used to be Mario 3. I've played Mario 1. I've played Lost Levels. I've played 3. I never really played World, though. 
here's my thing. But I've played World now. Super Mario Brothers Three is really good. Super Mario World is the polished version of Three. Yes. And I hate to say it, but I prefer World now. We can all change, Dane. Yes. Mm. No, I actually agree with you. I love Super Mario Brothers 3. And I think it was, according to my family, the first video game I ever picked up yeah. was Super Mario Brothers 3 on the Super Nintendo. So, But if I had to pick what would be my favorite Mario game today, if yeah. I had to pick one. Interestingly enough, it wouldn't be any of the 2D platformers. It would be 3D World? No. It would be Super Mario Galaxy 2. Ooh, that's a hot take right there. Yeah. Because a lot of people, basically, when they got done with Galaxy, they want to bother with Galaxy 2. Oh, I actually really liked Galaxy 2. Because they took the good ideas from Galaxy, and they polished them. And they made them shine. And good lord, is it a fun game. I mean, they took out the observatory, and they took out Rosalina, who, by all means, is a fan-favorite character now. Yeah. But it is still, the worlds are fantastic, the levels are spectacular, I could not get enough of Mario 2. It is one of the first games I played through to completion. Oh, nice. I got, yes, that means I got all 121 green stars. You got one for me? Well, yeah, actually, I do. And it's another one that I'm amazed we haven't talked about all that much. We briefly touched on it mm -hmm. in our last episode. Pokemon. <sighs> okay, so here's what we got to... Uh, we got to clarify something. Pokemon is... Man, we should write done this with Mario as well, but... Pokemon worse than Mario, though. Are we talking mainline titles? Are we talking everything? I'm going to say let's keep it to the mainline titles, because those are the ones that everybody knows. If you start going into the spinoffs and all that stuff, we could be here for hours. That's fair. That's fair. I am an old man. <laughs> and as much as I would like to say, oh... Red and Blue was the greatest game ever. It really wasn't. It had a lot of issues. I will say that Gold and Silver is a very, very good game, all things considered. And if you were to end it at that, it would be a good book note. And I'm going to stick with two. Gold and Silver. Gold and Silver. Okay. I think for me, this kind of comes at a bit of a, uh, a cost. Because to me, there's two generations that I can think of. Because two I have not played. Yeah. And I'm sorry for all of you who want to hear the generation that is your favorite, but they're probably not going to appear. Yeah. And those generations are four and five. What was that? That was uh, X That and was, and no. No? That was Diamond and Pearl and Black and White. Ah, because X and Y was after that. X and Y was after that. Then it went to Sun and Moon? Yes, then okay, it went to Sun right, and Moon. That's right, that's right. So, yes, I'm sorry for all of you Diamond and Pearl, Black and White fandom. I just have not played them. Mind you, I do want to play the remakes that are coming out in actually close to now when this episode is going out. Yeah, I have played Sun and Moon, and I kind of like where the series is kind of going. I'm not... 
Again, I'm old man over here, so keep that with a grain of salt. But I don't really like the extra evolutions. I feel they're a little much in regards to actual gameplay and competition. I get that. When it comes to my favorite Pokemon, I would say if I went with the newer styles, it certainly had its problems and it was rushed to utter crap. But I would have to say either X and Y or Sun and Moon. You haven't you gotta choose one. If I had to choose one, it would be Sun and Moon. But I love X's Mega Evolution more than Sun and Moon's X moves or Z moves. Interesting. I mean, like I said, I've played Sun and I think I've played, uh, I think it was Moon. But it was, I enjoyed it. The storyline was okay. Well, the vi- I'm sorry, but you can never beat Team Rocket. But I will say this. When it comes to the older style of Pokemon, mm-hmm. my favorite was actually Generation 3. Generation 3 was a hot take as well. Uh, Yeah, for its time, Generation 3 was a real hot take. But think of it like this. In Gen 6, Generation 6, the remakes of Ruby and Sapphire, I had a competitive team on. What's Gen 3 for me? We're like, what, four or five years apart? Something like that. We haven't really answered that question. Yeah, no. But what happened was when I got into high school, that's when Gen 3 came out. And that's when Pokemon became uncool. Yeah, that's kind of when Pokemon also became uncool was right after Gold and Silver. And it started to go into Ruby and Sapphire. And the reason why I'm torn between 6 and 7 is because 6 was my reintroduction to the series. That's fair. That is perfectly fair. Because I have played, I have played, what was it? Ruby and Sapphire, the remake. I have not played any of the new... Anything else. Okay. So, with that, I'm actually going to over override this real quick mm-hmm. because we're running out of time for this segment. Okay. And there's a real big elephant in the room for both of us that we need to talk about. Shoot. Final Fantasy. Well, I'm going to say this. We've actually had the discussion many a time. Off camera. Off camera. Well, off Off mic. I'm going to say this. I really, really enjoy 9. I am not going to say it's the best game ever made. I'm not going to say it's the best Final Fantasy ever made. I will say it does a better job than 7 in a lot of ways. But it also fails from 7 in a lot of ways as well. But it's also one of those games that I clung to. So I'm going to go with 9. Yeah, a little fun fact. Small video game update. I am currently playing through Final Fantasy 9. Yeah. Yeah, I currently am in Lindblom. Mm-hmm. So that's a little hot take on my... Yeah, you haven't gotten super far, but that's well on your way. Well on my way. Starting to get into the VV stuff. Oh, yeah. VV is debatably one of the best characters in the Final Fantasy lore, period. And then we get to me. Yep. If I haven't gushed about it enough... Hold on, let me give you the memeable spiel. Mm-hmm. Have you heard about Final Fantasy XIV? <laughs> and in other news, water is wet, fire burns, and we need oxygen to breathe. <laughs> the critically acclaimed MMORPG? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. 
Like, no one was really surprised by that one. I'm pretty sure anyone who's listened to this podcast for long enough has heard me gush about Final Fantasy XIV. I love Final Fantasy XIV. I cannot wait for Endwalker to come out. And everyone's heard me gush about Nine as well. But I try to keep it kind of quiet, unlike you. (laughs) Where mine is unbridled. (laughs) But with that, I think we should probably hit our first break. Absolutely. We'll be right back after this message. And we're back. We're back. And here's something that I'm going to have to get an intro for. Oh, boy. Back in the land of the world. Back in the land of the world of, oh, what was it, 2014? Yes. February 12th, 2014. There was this idea, this glimmer... This group chat that turned into a phenomenon for a few months and then died out spectacularly. And with that, we call that... We call that Twitch Plays Pokemon. Specifically, I believe it was Red. Red. Pokemon Red. Twitch Plays Pokemon Red. If you were around for that phenomenon, you know how big of an impact that had. Yep, because here's a fun fact. I actually did Twitch Plays Pokemon for a little bit. Oh, yeah? You participated? Yeah. Like, I think I started roughly around when they got to uh, Red Rocket's base in Cerulean. Oh, wow. So you started a little bit after I did. I came in right as they got to uh, Misty. Yep, yep, yep. Because I was that... Oh, my God. When they basically got stuck in that friggin' puzzle. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. The freaking tiles. Yep. Keep on using Helix. Oh, God. The friggin' Helix fossil. Yeah, fun little fact. Twitch Plays Pokemon had had its own little culture to it. Before, we should actually explain what Twitch Plays Pokemon is. So, basically, what Twitch Plays Pokemon was. Maybe is. I don't know if they're still going. I think there's a version of it, but it's not very popular. So, what happened with Twitch Plays Pokemon is, it was a community-based game play for the game. So, if you were to say... I want to go right, you would press R. Or if you want to press left, you would press L. And every person in the chat would go through that button. So if there was 15 people saying right and 12 people going left, depending on what order they go in, it would be like right, right, left, right, 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 left, right, left, 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 right, left. Or start, select. Basically, every button that could be used for it was used. Yeah, pretty much. All you had to do was... Type in in the chat what you want, what button you wanted pressed, and there was a bot that would tell you that would say to the system what button to press. And if you were in a something like oh Mount Moon, oh God Mount Moon, I remember mm -hmm. the chat got stuck in there for hours. Mount Moon or Red Rockets puzzle or hell even before right before the Elite Four or the Ledge. Jeez. We're getting into a lot of stuff, but what does this have to do with our next drink? Well, it's based off of Twitch Plays Pokemon. In fact, it's based off one of the most infamous ones. No, it is not Flareon. It is Digrat. Digrat. One of the first things ever caught by the chat. Well, it's not a Jay Leno, but... Yeah. Okay, what Pokemon was it that got unintentionally or intentionally released? Uh, unintentionally, there was a few of them. There no, was I'm talking like the big, like, was it, was it like the Charizard or something like that? that got, yes, oh, God. yes, Abby. Abby got released. I'm not sure if it was Trolls doing it or if it was 
I think it was by total accident. Mm-hmm. But yeah, basically, like I said, it was a community-based control. It was fun. It was, fr- but whatever. Dane was in a dig rat. In a dig rat. Also, for those who don't know who dig rat was, dig rat was a ratata. Exactly. Dig rat was very famous because he knew dig. And in the original red and blue versions, oh, dig sent you to the entrance of a cave. Yeah. If used. So he got the name Digrat because the chat kept using Dig in Mount Moon. Or in Rock Tunnel. Or really any major dungeon. Any major dungeon. And he used Dig and sent everyone back to the beginning. So he earned the name Digrat. And this drink is based off of him. In his honor, to make your own Digrat, you need bourbon, creme de cacao... And root beer. Honestly, I'm surprised they didn't go with like a more of a purple thing because, you know, Rattata. But I suppose maybe they're going with the Raticate version. Uh, something like that. Or the fact that he dug. That could be it too. It could be based on the dirt. Could be based on all the dirt he did. Because I think if you tried to throw in a purple, it gets a little messy. That's fair. Unless you want like a lap. Whatever. It doesn't matter. We're getting sidetracked. Yep. All right. Here we go. Three, Three two, two, one. Oh, that's good. That's not bad. That is really good. You can definitely feel the bourbon, but you don't really taste the creme de cacao, though. You don't really taste... Well, I mean, in all honesty, the creme de cacao is kind of a footnote, because it's really more about the bourbon and the root beer. I mean, yeah, like, it's not bad. Like, I'm not a biggest, I'm not a huge fan of wild turkey, but this isn't bad. Oh, yeah, it's pretty dang good. So, yeah, what is our topic here today, Dane? Well, our topic for today is, we're not really going into anything Pokemon related, because believe me, we've gone in plenty enough with that little rant at the beginning. But this could lead into it, but we'll talk about that in a sec. Yes. So, if you're a tabletop player, but you're on a really strict budget, and you find that you really can't use minis, or you can't afford them, we want to give you some good substitutes that you can use, being that we're poor boys ourselves. Yep, if you can't tell from some of our cocktails. <laughs> <laughs> one of the first ones I want to bring up, because this is the one I personally use, when it, especially when it comes to mobs, is they're basically almost like, uh, what would you describe, like Moncala beads? Yeah, they're Moncala beads. Yeah, you would use them for things like decorative, like things like fish tanks, or like those decorative bowls that you see like your grandmother use, or things like that. They're actually pretty cheap. I want to say they're like maybe three, four bucks for like a bag of like 30, 40. Yeah, or if you don't even have the game yourself, you could just pick it up, and it's not that expensive. Yeah, like, it's pretty cheap. Like, it's very good if you're looking for mobs, although for individualizing your characters... Not that good. No, unless you literally decide to paint or have, like, some kind of designation with paint on it, which I I guess you could use. But even then, it's just like you kind of lose that bead. And you're screwed. And you're screwed. And then... You're, you're pretty much up mm-hmm. Shit's Creek without a paddle. One good substitute that I also think that you can use, because I have thought to use them before, which is pieces from the board game of Sorry. Oh, those little peggle things? Yeah, those little peggles. You can use those for player characters and pair them with the Mongolas. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that way you can actually easily differentiate. Actually, before we forget, when we said this might lead into it, 
fun fact, there is actually a, I'm not sure if it's an actual official tabletop RPG for this, but there is a Pokemon RPG that's, bare minimum, there's a fan version. Oh yeah, there is a fan version of it. Yep, so I figured we'd bring that up before we completely forgot about it. Yeah, no, there is a fan version of Pokemon. I believe it's based off of D&D 5e. I know there's another one that's actually based, I don't know what the system is, but it's like, you know in Fallout that you can actually target people by limbs? Oh yeah, that's. Yeah. It's something like that for for a fan-based Pokemon as well. Oh. But we're getting... But anyway, with that out of the way, here's another good one. If you ha- already have kids or you had this hobby to begin with, Legos. Legos is pretty dang good. Yeah, you can use those little tiny human things that, they, that you get with some of the sets. Yeah, yeah. And if you have a person like, oh, well, I need to differentiate from this person, this person. If, especially if you have the older Legos... Those are real easy because there was like a because back in the day when we were kids, there was a pirate set, an astronaut set. There was a set for damn near anything. Yeah, now it's all mm-hmm. <laughs> like Mario, Star Wars, um, MCU, that kind of stuff. Oh, but those do work because especially if you're dealing with humanoid creatures. Yeah, once you're starting to get into the real freaky deaky stuff. Yeah. They can work, but they don't represent the character very well. But hey, if you just need a token, you really can't go wrong. And of course, we have to talk about online services are also a very good way to go. Yes. I will say, though, with what we currently use, which is Roll20, not sponsored, it's okay. It's good for a starting point. Yes. like it's got It gives you a base... Creature setup. It gives you a base, like actual pins for a character differential. But it, but it's also not without its faults. It has, especially, it's very similar to the Zoom in regards to audio quality. Granted, it also gives you the option of doing video chat, which I've never really understood the purpose of. I guess if you want to see the reactions to people. I mean, I guess, but the, when even as a DM, you're still only getting, like, little tiny squares of them, so it's not really... I mean, in a sense, it also kind of helps alleviate the fact that you're all not at the same table. I mean, I suppose if you are, especially when we were in, especially now that we're still in the Panamanamam. The Panamanamam. Yep, it's probably not the worst case, but it's still... It has a lot of issues. It does a lot of things that help, but it's also one of those services that is... Stupid greedy. Oh, God, yeah. If you don't believe us, go check some of their modules. It's ridiculous. Anyway, you got another one for us, Dan? Some other good options. Like, for example, if you can't really get any of the battle mats, one of the best things that I found to do is, if you're really cheap, go with some graph paper. Or, if you're... Able to spend a little bit more money, get a battle mat. Yeah, battle mats are super useful because they already have the 5x5 five five square. Problem with the grids, don't get me wrong, they're useful in a pinch. But you have the math for it, especially if you have like something you're trying to market with, it's kind of a bastard. <laughs> like if, you, if it's one of those systems you're playing where the actual area doesn't matter that much, cool, go right ahead. Just have fun with it. If But if it's something like, say, D&D or Pathfinder where it's stuck by doing... Five foot by five foot. Doing the math is kind of... It kind of sucks. Oh, yeah. Especially if you get some 
very open areas. Or if you have a monk. Or a monk. Yes. The monks who can run at 60 feet. <laughs> yeah. So, it's a good... Like I said, if you're running out of money, that's not a bad option either. One of the things that I will say, if you are crafty, I'm not. I don't really think Dane is either. I've never seen him craft anything in my life. <laughs> but if you can actually make your own models and whatnot. Like, if you look at something like Roll20, where they have those big sets, they're actually mostly just foaming cardboard. And you could actually do the exact same thing. Granted, it will take a crap ton of time. And maybe it won't be as expensive as buying the actual mats, but it'll still be a little pricier. But it's still not... if. You could still do it. Like, hell, if you wanted to make an explosion, you could just use, uh, what was it called? Those, uh, like, fluff. The cotton fluff. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you could just improvise with a lot of stuff. Like, it's not expensive stuff. Yeah, no, it's like getting a bag of cotton is like, what, a dollar? Maybe more than that. I don't know. If Rose here, she would tell me. But she's not. So. But it's also the fact that cardboard, you could paint over it. Or foam. You could just... Just cut out the five-foot increments, and you are good. Well, not cut out, but impression the five-foot increments. I think another good option as well, going back to the miniatures and the figures and all that, it's mm-hmm. like if you really need to get a lot of like different types of enemies and you need to be able to differentiate between all of them, one of the best things that I found was necklace beads. Oh, those aren't bad. Yeah, like those little things that you can get like in these massive packs from the dollar store. Not to cut you off so some. This is one of the ones that I should also bring up as well. There are certain companies. Paizo is actually really good at this. They like to give extra stuff for like a lot of supplementary stuff. If you don't have money for, say, the actual figures for it, for a cheaper price, they'll actually give you the pawns for it. I.e. they give you a mount, like a little round mount that you can stick a piece of cardboard with the actual illustration on it it's not as cheap as doing everything else we have said but it's definitely cheaper than figures yeah that is actually very true we've used those on occasion too yeah they are super useful especially if you have a mob and you need to be like oh this person is a high rank this person is a higher rank or this person is like the main npc or etc etc yeah it's very good for helping to differentiate where uh your characters are versus what the enemies are doing. Because I will tell you right now, seeing those wolves coming at you, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like actually having a, a visual image of what they are is super, it helps with the imagination. Because a lot of tabletop, as for those of you who actually care, is theater of the mind. For those of you who don't care about tabletop, I'm surprised you're still here. Yeah, for those of you who don't <laughs> care about tabletop, wow. Th- I mean, thanks for the dedication. I give you a clap, but it would, Spike the mic. Yeah. <laughs> I applaud you. And I urge you, even if you don't think you like it, you should definitely give it a try. Or if you don't like it, try a different DM. Try a different DM. There is a very certain person that I met very recently. He's a, They're actually part of the reason I'm a little jet lagged. And they tried tabletop. They didn't like it. They thought it wasn't for them. And I had to say, you know, how was your DM? How did you think their DM did? And from what I could gather, they were a rules lawyer. Oh, Lord. So, yeah. We don't have any problem with people who want to stick to the rules. 
but it's very, very much so that it's not everyone's style. And we will we will say this as well. We have brought this up in previous episodes. If you don't like a campaign, you don't think it's for you. Okay, that's fine. You can think that. But I want you to think, why don't you think it wasn't for you? If it's because the DM wasn't doing their job properly, try finding someone. The, try finding a new DM that can actually do the, what you're looking for. Just because a player was being a complete and utter asshat, which let's be honest here, there's quite a few of those. Yeah. Because I hate to say this, and it's something that we've brought up in the past, Tabletop is super gatekeepy. You need an open group if that's kind of a problem for you. Because, yeah, we there's a lot of resentment when it comes to a lot of nerd culture. Because we've gotten picked on and bullied and just even beaten up to the point of God knows what for the things that we enjoyed. Now that's becoming mainstream, a lot of people are really resentful of that. So I will say... If it was a player or a DM, try to find a different group. If you still don't like it, okay, it's fine. Yeah, absolutely. You gave it a shot. wasn't for you. We're okay with respecting that. Now that the real stuff is out of the way, we're about out of time, so. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So with that, I have been Luke. I've been Dane. Enjoy your drinks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Have a good one. <laughs>